0: A big win for school choice in Arizona and inflation soars for yet another month. I'm Greg Columbus, Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Superbeats Heart Shoes. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Shoes for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. He inherited uh, a country and uh, that, that was grappling with COVID. We now are seeing global inflation and global increases in gas prices and those gas price increases uh, due largely to Putin's war on Ukraine. Um, decades ago, we should have acted far more quickly to transition away from fossil fuels, from our dependence, our, in fact, our addiction to fossil fuels in this country it's not an addiction. I mean, for FFS, it's, it's just basic, you know, this is just basic energy 101. and I get so aggravated at these people because they know it. They know this, they know better, but it's, this is just the politicizing of everybody's everyday lives and it's making lives, it's making everything harder for everybody. It's making it harder for everybody because you're, This politicization of everything to just this ESG, getting everybody towards, you know, whatever. Green, it's just so aggravating. Thank heavens it's Friday. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. There's a lot of stuff to discuss, and I was reading a lot um, of different... I mean, it's it's a weird news day because there's like little bits and pieces of things, but they're important because it's going to play out into becoming something here in the long run. Um, But we're going to dive into all of that. The president arrived in Jeddah just... Well, what this morning? Well, our morning, a little while ago, and I cannot start this program without sharing with you the greeting, the play. Because when you have world leaders come and visit, normally what ends up happening is you and Kenyan. You've seen we've we've seen this before. Normally, what you see is you have the um, the leader of the country walk out and. They they joined the other world leader and they're there and they play the anthem and all that stuff. I cannot even begin the show properly until I play for you. This is not fake. I retweeted it and someone asked, someone's like, I think that's a me. No, it's a real thing. It's the the it's Palestinian the Palestinian honor guard playing the national anthem, and I cannot continue into starting the show until I play this for you. Go ahead. Oh, it gets better. No, no, keep it going. It gets better. There's even more. Is our anthem go ahead and let it go quietly underneath because somebody is somebody everybody is really flat I was in elementary band and I think we did better I just have to say I think we did a lot better <laughs> Kane is dying right now he's just dying there's just there's nothing oh my gosh you guys no 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 you gotta go to the end wait a minute wait a minute. here goes the big finish the big finish and Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And there it is. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. Welcome to Friday. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Now, I sort of feel like that that from the Palestinian honor guard is exactly what the policies sound like coming from the administration and cue all the republican ads that was dude that was that was harsh is mayonnaise an instrument
2: no patrick mayonnaise is not an instrument
1: it was harsh although i think it would sound better to open the jar and that would sound like that would sound nicer i am i mean i i that was the first thing i saw the first video i saw this morning so now you can kind of gauge my mood, I think, a little bit more accurately. That's, whew, there we go. All right, so he is in, currently right now, and I'm, we're watching all the reports, all that. He is in, uh, the president is in Saudi Arabia, and they keep, he just, I just now also saw a video where he fist bumped, let me pull this up, he, who did he fist bump? Uh, was it the, the Saudi prince that he fist bumped? Yeah, the Saudi Crown Prince. I'm just watching it right now. He fist bumped him. Now he was, I mean, walked right up to him and fist bumped him. And then now they're going in. So that's important because he has been doing these interviews. And I have so much stuff on this. I fell down this rabbit hole yesterday. And then I went all the way back to Carter and the Shah and all this. And I don't know what happened. I just started reading about all this stuff that we're probably not even going to talk about here today. But... So he's he had been leading even leading up to the election. He was saying that they just, they're not going to legitimize. They're not going to legitimize Saudi Arabia because of Jamal Khashoggi and all of this stuff. And and now we sort of see the widow has been doing a lot of press Jamal Khashoggi's widow. And she was saying that they she had assurances that they weren't going to like even acknowledge Apparently the crown prince when he was going over there, but apparently he did. Now, just, I mean, back in June. Now, again, just, I just, and we're showing you if you're watching the syndication or the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, we're showing you the visit or that fist bump with the Saudi crown prince. Now, June 6, and this comes from Guardian, Biden had angrily rejected a meeting with the Saudi crown prince because he thought his presidency should should stand for something. Jack. (laughs) He didn't say Jack, I am. They, he said he thought his presidency, his presidency should stand for something. Okay. And now he's fist bumping him. They, that's kind of a long, long, uh, long way away from what he's angrily saying he's not going to meet with him. Now he is going to be meeting with him. Not only did he meet with him, he fist bumped him. And the campaign—remember, the campaign said they were going to make Saudi Arabia a pariah. Remember all this? Oh, they were going to make Saudi Arabia a pariah. All this big talk in the election or the the campaign, and then leading into the election. Oh my gosh, it's, it's going to be—he's going to be one big pariah. I don't even think Biden knows what that is, but he's going to be one. So. Now, apparently, he's not. Here's the thing. You can't make them a pariah. Yes, you uphold the principles of the United States, but upholding the principles of the United States doesn't mean that you have to demand that everyone that you are working with for the greater strategy of the United States adopt said principles. That's like that's what what nation builders think. Like d- how during W's presidency, he's like, "Well, we can just go, you know, stick a McDonald's over there, and democracy will come." I mean, he didn't say that, but I'm just, you know, that's that's. What are you saying? He said that. I mean, no,
3: I'm saying that. That's basically what they're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. I, you know, I mean, just send some nuggets over there, and then oh, all of a sudden, everybody will vote for Republicans. No. But they're in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, there was one joke after uh, I remember during shock and awe. I don't remember who made it, but it was someone impersonating W. And I just look, I don't dislike everything that he's done, but I just like, I think that some of the worst things with regards to GOP policy were kind of uh, characterized by that administration. I can I wish I could remember where this was, but he was saying that, uh, well, maybe we'll get the next war sponsored by uh, Tostitos and, you know, we're going to go liberate the Tostitians or something like that. I don't know. But long story short, he, you can't make Saudi Arabia pariah because you have the Iran versus Saudi Arabia competition over there and the United States we don't like Iran we don't like them because their their leadership they kill their own citizens and they're nuts thanks Jimmy Carter that's all see now you can see why it came why I fell into the rabbit hole and I didn't put anything in my headlines the, 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 despite the fact that I have millions of things because I fell down a rabbit hole of Jimmy Carter and the Shah I've read the damn book about it already where he's on the. I can't remember who wrote it he's on the cover looking like a half-melted snowman I've read the book on it but this goes all the way back to to that that's how long by the way that's how long bad foreign policy decisions met last this is a generational thing now and jimmy carter helped make it happen and now you have i think a guy who would i think he could in terms of foreign policy be even even worse than jimmy carter if he was sentient if he was sentient he's not if he was if he had all his wits about him i think he could be Anyway, so they were saying that they were going to make them a pariah, but you can't because Iran wants to get nuclear weapons. They were at least the capacity to make them. That is that they're, they're a thorn in the side of the Abraham Accords. Oh, by the way, while they were there, Saudi Arabia unsuspended flights to Israel. I think they had some lockdown because of COVID and all this other stuff. Well, they decided to change all of that, uh, apparently, as, the, as uh, Air Force One was landing. So he's attending a summit with, with leaders of the six Gulf countries, plus Egypt, Iraq, and Jordan. And he's discussing the truce, the truce in Yemen, human rights, uh, economic corp- uh, cooperation, and Iran. So they're all getting together to badmouth Iran. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that security is, has their head on a swivel. Look, I may not like the guy. I may think his policies are stupid. But we have a process in this country that I think should be protected. And if anybody tries to get any, if they try to get shady, you know, with the security of whoever we elect, even though they elected the wrong person, but whatever. If they try to get shady, you know, we'll get shady back. So I'm just saying. But that's what that's what they have on the dock today. So that's what's happening. They're trying to f- to continue to normalize relations relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel. And then you have he w- when he was in Israel, he met with Israeli President Isaac Herzog, uh, and he met with leaders of India and Israel, UAE, etc. Uh, Iran has been excluded from all of this. I really, w- which is interesting because under Obama, Obama Biden, they did everything that they could. Thinking that I guess if you bring Iran to the table even more, then they'll stop trying to kill everybody. But that's not that's not that's not how it works. It never has never has worked that way. And so, and so he and then after that he met uh, the Palestinian president Mahmoud Abbas in West Bank. So he's in Saudi Arabia. He's expected to not ask them, but ask them for oil. And he's already broken the promise. His campaign promises of A making the Saudis a pariah which was a stupid thing to say and B not meeting with or having anything to do with the Saudi Crown Prince. So there you go. Do, does he even remember to be fair? Does he even remember what he said during the campaign? Probably not. I don't think I don't think he does either. And so with the Saudis like what I was saying, you can't they you have to have relations with, you have to have a relationship with the Saudis. You have to. I don't, I don't have a problem with anyone who is not a threat to the U.S., although there's a lot of questions about their involvement in 9-11 and who they paid and all that stuff. I totally agree with you there. But as I was saying, it's very. It's a very difficult position. Geopolitics, this you know, and, and navigating the geopolitical sphere, whether you're in, you know, Asia or whether you're in the Middle East, it's a very difficult thing. Because you're... You're upholding not only the, the values and the principles of the United States, but you're working with people and meeting with people who don't. And the whole goal is to inch forward, either to to solidify alliances and associations, normalize relations between alliances and associations and others. I mean, that's it's a big it's a big thing. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866 887 1188 or text Dana to 998899.
0: The Supreme Court's decision reigning in the EPA might be the most critical Supreme Court decision of the year. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, John Vecchioni and Casey Norman of the new Civil Liberties Alliance join me to explain the ruling and long-term impact it may have in our fight against the administrative state. Join me, follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So the ex-wife of President Trump, Ivana Trump, has passed away at age 73. She was found in her home, this is just horrific, the bottom of her staircase. They think that it may have been a cardiac event, more so than like just like a fatal fall. Maybe it was something where it happened as she was getting ready to descend the stairs. But uh, he announced this yesterday, the passing of his first wife and mother of his three oldest children. And he said he was saddened to inform all of those that loved her that she has passed away at her home in New York City. She was a wonderful, beautiful, amazing woman who led a great and inspirational life. And of course, each one of the the kids have also uh, had made remarks about this too on their social their respective social media pages. But just you know, 73 seems it does seem young, doesn't it? I mean, maybe, you know, 20 years ago it didn't, but now it seems, you know, this seems kind of young. A video shows Florida home invaders running for their lives after a resident opens fire. And I'm just, I'm always amused at the media who go, and you can't believe it, the guy's not being charged. Yeah, because he was a lawful carrier and those, and they have, they, that's, that's a consequence of invading someone's home in the middle of the night. You could get shot. That's the consequence. It took place in Escambia County. The the sheriff's office showed the footage of the men gathering and chatting in front of the residents from their security cameras on July 7th. One of them opened the door, shoved the homeowner inside. Two of the suspects barged in. A third was seen standing guard outside, armed deputy said the homeowner dropped a gun he was holding while trying to fend off the attack and the pistol was picked up by one of the intruders but the victim did scramble to another part of the house where he had additional arms and he shot at his assailants it can all be seen on their door camera footage and they all ran away of course they were caught because you know fafo you'll get shot that's consequence of being a criminal This is interesting too, and I have some very good friends who have been lobbying for this. The House has agreed to fund psychedelic research for vets with PTSD. Now, before you think, oh, well, this sounds kind of crazy, there's actually been some legitimate studies on this. And I said, and I've told you before, I know three people that I count amongst my close acquaintance that have undergone this, and it has, it's like a 180, and they had severe PTSD. Uh, this has been expanded to include various forms of, and it's very narrowly applied. And there's very, it's a strict regimen, but in treating PTSD, uh, psychedelics in use for that. So it looks like the House is going, has agreed to uh, the initial steps to fund it. And this was something a lot of people have been fighting for for some time. We have a lot more on the way, including wokery. We've recently had some huge wins for Truth and the American family, so it feels like the pendulum may be swinging back to a point of sense, and the center of change has to be the family, your family. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. It might feel overwhelming to wrangle everyone to the table and still make a great meal at the same time, but Good Ranchers makes it easy. Good Ranchers delivers straight to your door and guarantees meat born, raised, and harvested 100% here in the U.S. of A. Whether you grill or put it in a skillet or oven bake it or fry it, all the meat tastes like you did so much more work than you actually did. So right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Make gatherings at the table common again with Good Ranchers and support American agriculture. Visit goodranchers.com Dana to start bringing people to the table, creating change in America, and eating seriously delicious food. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping from goodranchers.com Dana.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Uh, This is something that is core to who we are. It's about freedom. It's about health care. It's about respect for women. And that is something that the president is uh, wedded to. Gosh, all this stuff is just so dumb. Look, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. I watched Bill Burr's Red Rocks thing. There was a part of it where I was like, ugh. Come on now, you know, and then there but it was actually really good, but I watched his stand up uh, And that was, apparently it was done like right as everything started reopening So it seems a little bit dated, but there was one part here Just be honest be like, you know what? I th- just I just wish these broads would be honest about it Just say that you recklessly had sex and you want to kill, you know, the baby in your belly Just go ahead and be honest about it So I still have that mood today because I watched it was the last thing I watched before going to bed and it was actually really funny. it was hysterical actually, but I just why do we have to do all of this stupid theater just just be honest about what it is that you want to do just be honest about it just say look uh you know I ended up i uh literally FAFO'd. and um I just want to undo that now because I wasn't able to wasn't able to get it uh situated. Wasn't able to be responsible. I, I made my choice after conception when really it should be done before. Just be honest about it. I hate this. Well, it's denied. It's not a health thing. Like, I don't go, if I have a, a allergy problem, I don't rip off some baby's arm and think that's going to solve it. Stop acting like this. Unless, you know, you're, you're like some kind of horror movie uh, witch or something. Like in a horror film. But don't Stop just or like that movie with uh Anya Taylor Joy. That would a- was actually. Did you see that cane? Sidebar, I, don't think so. I showed it to everybody right when it came out, thinking it was good like during Halloween, thinking it was going to be like a fun Halloween film. And everyone was so disturbed afterwards, <laughs> it was like the wrong thing to. It's not the not the party movie you want playing, apparently. <laughs> but
3: she's that uh, the Queen's Gambit girl,
1: yeah. She's yeah. the girl who looks like they imported her from the 60s, right. yeah. But it's not, let's just pr- this, stop this. It's, not, a, it's a not, this is not what this is. Stop. It really isn't. But this is what they've, they've been pushing this. Uh, they're not getting, they're, they're not going to be able to get his um, uh, emergency order because that's what they really wanted to do. It's not going to happen. So they keep going on and on about this. It's just, it's not going to work. Here's something else that I wanted to bring up. And this I saw this morning, and we're going to get into the wokery and that. House Democrats are pushing an assault weapons ban. They've already brought it up, it's already happening, and they're, they're pushing this. They're pushing a, uh, they're pushing a house, uh, in the House, an assault weapons ban. Now what's weird, so far, it's, I think they've already sent it to the House Judiciary Committee. They didn't put it in the original package because, well, they couldn't. This is never going to pass in the Senate either, and even if it did, it would be challenged in court and ev- easily defeated. Because for reasons you want me to just do you want to spend the rest of the show with me dissecting that because I can off the top, just right off the top. It's a commonly owned rifle that is responsible for the fewest homicides and commonly owned is a huge, huge legal flag here. That is a huge legal definition because back during the days of the colonies, even when each individual colony had their own restrictions about weaponry, and they they actually instead of saying brandishing with malicious intent or something like that, which isn't exactly the legal phrasing of it, but you get my drift, uh, it was called affrighting. And in fact, this was touched upon by Anthony Scalia. In his opinion for Heller, and I've written about this before uh, at length. And what they were saying is, and this was said at the time by the colonies, and this was even mentioned in the Federalist Papers too. They're talking about commonly owned firearms, things that everybody has. That's not something that the government can then come back and say we want to restrict this. That is not what the Second Amendment allows the government to do. Uh, and that's why it—that's why they were very specific in the wording. And again, this is why the, the people need to read books. Jiminy Christmas read a damn book some of these people in Congress how many books have you read read the Federalist Papers read the Anti-Federalist read everything but the fact that it's common they're commonly owned and they are the the specific types they call them modern sporting rifles I'm not going to get into the semantics of that for people who apparently have no nothing else to do in their lives except stick their thumbs up their butt and try to argue about the phrase modern sporting rifle those people are irrelevant to me that's what they're called. Though. That's what they're called in the industry. That's what they're referred to by NSSF. They call them that instead of the fake, quote unquote, assault weapons ban. And the only time that that phrase has ever been used was like from a 1958 something army manual army guide field guide and it was just said like in passing and everyone tries to act like that's the new that's the actual definition of these things they can't exactly define what it is and they they apparently think that something that's 223 is infinitely more powerful than like a 308 but shh, we're not going to do that because we want them to be stupid long story short it's if it's commonly owned there's no way in hell you're going to be able to to keep that win in court Never going to happen. Secondly, their whole argument is predicated upon, well, because we want to save lives. Well, if that's the case, this is literally responsible for the fewest lives lost. So your argument, I mean, you have to prove these arguments that you make in court. This is why kids need to take debate. Even if they never go on the debate team, even if they never get into politics, the ability to be able to clearly articulate what you believe in and why you believe in it and support it with evidence is the lacking we are lacking that so much, that's another epidemic. So there's just off the top board. That's why it would never work. And you're not gonna have you're not gonna have that pass in the Senate anyway. And here's actually a third reason why. If you break out, and this is actually what I was doing before let me pull up this, give me I'm sorry I only have a four and a half foot screen here. I mean, it's not like, you know. I uh let me look at my my bookmarks. I was looking at this. Uh, the breakout of the Senate because there's a. I mean, obviously, I think it's pretty much wrapped up that the that GOP is going to retake the House by how much remains to be seen. The Senate is a second issue, and the reason I say why the reason I say that this would never pass in the Senate is because a number of these, uh, a number of these these senators that are up for reelection that would that they're trying to get to vote on this before election. Golly the stupidity! Oh my gosh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Kane, don't let me forget about that. Uh but they these these are these are senators who are in some pretty purple races and purple areas, purple states. This is gonna be really bad for them. There is no way in hell. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of these. You have so the toss-ups, Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. By the way, Nevada is incredible incredibly important because that's where you have uh, Adam Laxalt running that what had been previously classified as lean dim and now it's been moved to the toss up. We want to get that into lean GOP. Very interesting. And then you have, um, you know, of these of these that so you have 47 Republicans, 46 Democrats, seven toss ups. So the states that I'm looking at where this is going to be come into major play: Kelly in Arizona. Now the this is going to be interesting because it, he is the husband of of Gabby Giffords. However. Because his state, because his race has been classified as toss up and because that that area has gotten his voters have gotten more have better, basically, um, he's had to really uh, pull his punches with how he talks about gun rights and a number of other things. It is going to be they can't they can't they don't want to lose that the Senate. And there's no I don't think they're going to be able to gamble on this. So you're going to have, you know, states like Nevada, you're going to have states like Arizona. Um, Colorado is lean dim. But at the same time, you have a huge bunch of libertarian voters in Colorado that are still angry over when they were banning uh, the wind the, before they implemented the magazine uh, restrictions back when Magpul literally left Colorado because of all of that stuff. And they recalled their Senate pro tem and uh, an HVAC guy from Pueblo, Colorado compiled like thousands of names, recalled their Senate pro tem, like rained hell up on that party in Colorado. They could not see it coming. It was like watching So so deep dive here. It was like watching one of the fight scenes in Demon Slayer when you had someone who came up with like, you know, the 11th, the 11th movement the 11th form when they only knew 10 and they didn't even know that they knew 11 and everyone else was freaking out like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a move like that. That was the reaction that they had to this HVAC guy, uh, Victor Head, I believe his name was, in Pueblo, who just dropped all this stuff on them and just all, just all hell broke. It was fascinating to watch and very, very satisfying. Anyway, long story short, Colorado That's going to be kind of weird how they're going to message that as well. The places where you're not going to see any backstepping on this is with in Illinois and Connecticut where you have Duckworth and Blumenthal. So my point in bringing this up is that there are too many wobbly areas for these Democrat senators to start do do, to get on a losing issue like this if you look at what matters to voters this doesn't even come up in top 10 i can't tell you how many surveys i've shared with you or looked at or have shared with you in the email newsletter chapter and verse on substack this is not even one of the top 10 things that people are focusing on yet there the house is going to make it it's like the house wants to skewer the senate democrats that's it's like nancy pelosi has an electoral death wish for Democrats in the Senate. I have no other way to interpret this. Why would you push this? How many days are we out for midterms? I mean, not far. Why would you push this? Because by the time we got really into bare knuckle fighting season for midterms, that's when this would hit the Senate. Oh my gosh, why would you do this? So they put they sent it to House Judiciary Committee for markup. I'm I look at this like it's, it's called the Siciline Bill. It has 211 Democratic co-sponsors, no Republicans. They want to criminalize anybody from selling any at all whatsoever semi-automatic rifles. Any. Now, they said the language is import, sell, manufacture. Uh, this is also, it said it, the features include detachable magazine or a fixed magazine with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds. And then they would also so they want to ban all semi-automatics. That's what this bill is. This is more than just assault weapons. They want to ban all semi-automatics. So Democrats have introduced a bill to ban every single last semi-automatic firearm because it also covers pistols and it covers shotguns. They also say military features. Well, when you look at the wording of the text, they actually don't really it's so crappily written. That's anything. They've given themselves a wide they've given themselves a wide enough berth to ban everything. This is not me exaggerating. They want to ban all semi-automatic guns. That's what this ban does. It's not just a quote-unquote assault weapons ban. It is a ban everything that a semi-auto ban. That's what it is. And I think that they they were I mean clearly they wanted something like this in the Senate bill. That was a no-go. And it wasn't just Republicans, by the way. There were there were Democrats that were a part of that whole Cabal that were also saying, yeah, that's not, we're not going to do that. So they decided, the House Democrats have decided to do this. So there you go. And this, like I said, when we were talking about some of the polling and how Democrats are getting the more um, white affluent college degree voters and Republicans now are getting the more diverse working class. It is very different how those two demos prioritize things. If you are wealthy enough to not have to worry about the cost of gas or bread, you have the time to worry about these issues that really are not up for the government to regulate. And that's what we're seeing here. And that's increasingly who more and more who Democrats are catering to. We're going to talk more about this because this is a pretty this is, I think, a pretty significant mark here. Um, as we get as we go forward into midterms now apparently Punchbowl originally reported this and reported this they said that Demo- that Democrats in the House are right there to get this passed so that means 218 vo- votes give or take and you're looking at I mean Kinsinger in Illinois is going to be one of the ones that will probably vote for it I just he's already redistricted and he's done why? Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Shoes. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Shoes for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats choose an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com
2: Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show.
4: I, uh, my background... And the background of my family is Irish American, and uh, we uh, have a
1: uh, will be careful—a
4: long history.
1: Be careful, dude. Of uh,
4: not fundamentally unlike the Palestinian people
1: um, with uh, Great me?
4: Britain and their attitude toward Irish Catholics over the years for 400 years, but
1: uh, what Kane is just. That's the uh, president there. He thinks that the uh, Irish are apparently like uh, Palestinians. Palestinians. I'm not quite sure how that is. Does he see himself as more Irish than American? I'm just, golly. I mean, he's in East Jerusalem and he's saying this. What is he on? I'd really like to know that. Yeah, I don't know. Golly. I just think that that is... That's not... I mean, we kind of joke about it, but that is really atrocious, what he just said. Um, what was it? With Great Britain and their attitude towards Irish Catholics over the years for 400 years. So he's saying that Israel is the... Uh, the big bad colonial superpower. And they're out of just... Because they're evil bigots that that's why they're oppressing the poor Palestinian. That's what he's saying. Stop. Stop it. Is he even Irish, though? Because some people were saying that he wasn't. Wait, hold up. I have this. I have this. He keeps going back to this... Wasn't he going back to this, like, Irish well? And... Some people were saying, well, kind of. I know the Democrats love appropriating stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe he is, but it's just... You don't need to say stuff like... That's just a stupid thing to say. That is such a stupid thing to say. And it's... Somebody wrote that for him. Because I don't think he... he, There's no way he can... He knows enough about that whole situation. I mean, you have people who have been wanting to drive out... So, you're telling me that the Irish... That the Irish are trying to drive England out, and then for like years and years and all this stuff. I'm just stop. We got a lot more to get into, folks. Second hour of the show coming on. My friend Ari Fleischer will be joining us later on too. Stick with us. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about kel and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, kel has been making one-of-a-kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, kel doesn't just copy other weapons on the market. They innovate new ones, including the new P-50. The P-50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants from sporting, hunting, personal defense and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting because it's well balanced and thus accurate you can definitely see keltec's reliability and quality at work the p50 is fun on the range but it's also great for serious home protection to find out more about the p50 and all other keltec weapons and products check out KeltecWeapons.com. that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com keltec creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world, keltechweapons.com. Her
4: words are actually horrific. Um, Pregnancy centers throughout the entire country give away $266 million of free medical services and resources to communities all over this incredible uh, country. And her words are uh, just incredibly
1: hurtful. So that is one of the directors of one of those crisis pregnancy centers blasting Elizabeth Warren, whose her words are violence. I mean, she's the one who's saying that why would that you had to close them and all of this other garbage. She's. Yeah. And and man, and they're they're actually they are being attacked all over the country. That's the other thing. There have been a number of fire bombings and all this other stuff. Welcome back to the show. It's the second hour of our Friday program. Dana Lash here, your neighborhood curmudgeon. My friend Ari Fleischer has a new book about how the media are rat bastards. They're going to be, he's going to be up with us at the bottom of the hour. The update on this, so I wanted to bring, I wanted to look at the story. First off, that's, that's, it's out of Ohio. The story about the 10 year old, because we're, it, I feel I get the same feeling with the story that I got in the early days after Uvalde when everybody's messaging trying to explain what was going on was so jumbled. And I feel like this is the same thing that's happening here. So apparently local news found what they say is the mom of the 10 year old Ohio girl. And apparently they're saying she was she the headline here is the mom was the 10 year old girl was forced to get an abortion after being raped by a legal migrant. But. That's the headline. The mom said her daughter was fine and defended the suspect, saying that, quote, everything they say about him is a lie. Uh, what? That's pretty wild. They And they have her, They she wouldn't open the door, but apparently she was on camera saying this. So, I was thinking about this, and my friend Jorge Bonilla made a good point, in that, It's either, you know, he's speculating that, you know, maybe, you know, the mom sounded, you know, maybe the mom is here illegally, too. Maybe the maybe he was a live in boyfriend and he was also the sole source of income. He was like speculating as to why in the world the mother would defend this. Right. So. the it gets because this gets even crazier. So now the story and this is from the indianapolis star they they say no 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 that that abortion doctor she she did file those forms with the appropriate agencies the original report but the indy star though the, all the problems with this came from the original reporting from the indianapolis star they they this is what happens when you have bad journalism they ran this like really badly written story where it had one source and it, the timing was suspect, and that's what it was. And they were trying to exploit this case as saying this is what would happen under these under the, this extreme law or whatever, which it's not a law. It's just taking it back to the States. And the information that has changed is that apparently the 27-year-old con- confessed to raping her not just once but twice. And she recently turned 10, which meant that she was raped and, and apparently got pregnant when she was nine. Dude, right? And the video that we found came from Jorge Bonilla, who's at Newsbusters, who showed the video of the mom hiding behind the door and speaking to a reporter. And I think, uh, I don't know if that, I think that ended up being played on Telemundo, too. Oh, my gosh, I have questions. The mom's defending the guy, so it sounds like the mom is part of the problem, too. Now here's the other issue the timeline and again this starts with the original reporting that came from the Indianapolis Star and how the original reporting was that you know the one source and it it was just kind of the whole thing was just done really badly. So now the problem gets into the timeline and how many people knew about this. So she was taken to the hospital and confirmed pregnant. That's what should have... And then after what should have happened was the police were called. And then the child underwent treatment. Because they did say that with the 10-year-old, it is a... It was... They were like, it's, she's 10. There's no way she's going to be able to carry this, this baby to term. It's like... I mean, there, there's other reporting about this. And that's why you have the, the AG in Ohio saying they didn't need to actually go. Toward they didn't need to go to to a different state. Here's the other thing too. She recently turned ten. She's six weeks and three days. She was six three six weeks and three days. You're telling me that you didn't know? I don't buy that. That you see what I mean? There's a lot of stuff there that's really sus. A lot of stuff that's really sus. Furthermore, there's there's. People are saying, well, no, it was reported and that's why there was an arrest. Yeah, but it seemed like the doctor went and told the media first before anything else. That's what it seems like. The doctor did not report the incident, apparently. When was it reported? Because if she she said she was six weeks and three days and she was turned away, the story originally was she was turned away because it was three days after six weeks, what hospital, um, who actually made that determination? And it's clearly it wasn't reported. That does none of that really, that just, it doesn't make sense. Everything that we have seen, and this is even going by Indianapolis's stars on reporting. This doctor only reported it afterwards. I mean, how did you. How did she go from Ohio to Indiana and then only after that did the police intervene? You see how this doesn't make sense? Ohio allowed for the exception to this. It sounds like the doctors decided, the doctor decided to tell the media first and then exploit this for a political agenda. I honestly think the whole Ohio turned this the turned the 10 year old away. It doesn't sound because this is this is what happens again. When you have bad journalism, you cannot blame people for asking questions and then coming up with assumptions on their own. All of this happened because of crap journalism from Indy Star and others. No one's asking these questions. Because it sounds like nobody reported this until after they they tipped off the press. So that's like, those are the questions that I, I mean, we all have these questions. Is the mom in in, in a relationship with this guy? Is he, because it kind of sounds like it. Is she here illegally also? Is there any adult in this house that is actually looking out for the welfare of this 10 year old girl? Now, the, and this is what everybody's running with. Because the Indy Star, they filled out a FOIA and they were saying, oh, Dr. Bernard properly reported the case. When? Because clearly there is still a basis for an ongoing investigation. We reached out to Todd Rokita, the AG in Indiana, and he wouldn't come on. He's been on a ton of times before. And usually by his request, he has to come on to talk about stuff. So he said that their office is investigating because... It sounds like she, like I said, she tipped the press off before this because the timeline, as we know it, does not add up at all. And so now we're looking at whether this doctor filled out what what the timeline was, filled out the proper disclosures in the order that, you know, that's just just crazy. I, I still don't, there's still so many questions. Why did they, because she was reported it being six weeks, you have the mom... Running defense for the guy The mom apparently has never filed charges Against the guy either That's the other thing I can't get over The other thing is too And this is From another report The age for the father On the disclosure form has to be provided The doctor said he was 17 But it's been reported that he's 27 What the world what is happening? I just have a million questions. <sighs> Why is there, And honestly, when you, the timeline should be pretty clear. And when it's not clear, that means there's some shenanigans at foot for exploitation of some kind. That's the whole point. This is just wild. Man, I want to just drag that lady out of the house by her hair. I can't, I gotta tell you, That's crazy. She's like, yes, she's fine. Everything they're saying against him is a lie. And as Kane notes, the doctor is being investigated, not because she performed an abortion. She's being investigated because of when she disclosed and what she disclosed. And honestly, I think that they and which the Ohio AG is apparently doing as well. How is it that, you know, if she's turned away from Ohio and goes across state lines and the police don't intervene until then? That was like, what, three? It was three, eight days so you're telling me that no one then at that—that means that no one at that that hospital reported anything. I don't believe that. There's too many questions here, and maybe we'd get some answers if people weren't so damn you know it, 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 excited to it, to exploit this. Good grief! I just um, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is just the whole thing is just odd. The the all the questions with us. And I think now, especially, I mean, I I still can't believe the mom hasn't filed charges against this guy. My mind, you can hear my mind trying to wrap around this whole thing. It's just not possible. Just wild. So as we were talking about a little earlier, the president is in Saudi Arabia, and he is, uh, well, he's meeting, he's in Jeddah. He landed in Jeddah a little while ago, and he is uh, there to probably beg for gas and oil, I would imagine. Although they say that that's not, that's not going to happen. That he's not going to do it. But we'll see. He's already made a ton of gaffes during this whole thing. Can you play, by the way, I want to know, where's this at? Audio Soundbite 9. He, dude, this does not sound, this, he does not sound well. This was him speaking before he departed, uh, when he was meeting with uh, Israeli leaders and Palestinian leaders before he departed to Saudi Arabia. Listen.
4: And uh, I had a terrible headache here. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, a terrible headache. And, uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> I, uh- oh, geez. Yeah. That's bad. Did he swallow his own spit? Like, what did he do?
3: I went down the wrong pipe.
1: Yeah, because that sounds horrible. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so bad. Oh, he just swallowed wrong. He just swallowed oh, it? wrong. Someone was saying, oh, he just had to swallow at the wrong time. That's what somebody said, which I, nobody believes that. Nobody, nobody believes it at all. We have more to come, including some wokery, because let me pull this up. Dog names are now racist. Four diversity courses required to graduate from this Arizona college. We're going to get into this and a whole bunch more. Ari Fleischer is going to join later on about his new book. Uh, You don't want to miss that either.
0: A big win for school choice in Arizona. Inflation soars for yet another month. And Canada is still barring people from going there if they're not vaccinated. I'm Greg Karumbas. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives. And hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: Staff at a Red Lobster restaurant in the state of Florida have rescued a unique lobster. In a recent shipment, the Hollywood, Florida restaurant found a bright orange lobster amongst the others. And instead of allowing the orange lobster to be cooked, they decided to rescue it and give it a name, Cheddar, after their biscuits, Cheddar Cheddar was then brought to Ripley's Aquarium in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where it's going to live out safely the rest of its life. They said that the orange lobster was an ordinary miracle. And I don't, is it really that much of a big deal? They said it's one in 30 million, according to a Red Lobster press release. It honestly looks like all the other lobsters. It's a giant bug. It looks like a face sucker from Alien. I don't like to see the lobsters before I eat them, because then I can't eat them. Not because I think they're cute or I'm concerned about their welfare, Because they look like alien face suckers It's bug me. I mean for real Let's just be honest about this So this um, Oh my gosh I don't even understand what this is Apparently there is a survey that says uh, Experimental treatment for people dealing with long COVID Could be actually doing more harm than good British Medical Journal It's basically a blood filtering treatment Which they normally use on patients with lipid disorders And it's like called blood washing. And they're saying there's no there's no evidence that the invasive procedure actually reduces your long covid symptoms. I just who knew the CDC, according to The Hill, says there's a meteor meteoric rise in the number of Americans injecting drugs. Wow. Really? You mean when you force people to stay indoors for like two years and then you like try to browbeat them if they don't get government injections that they might be injecting other drugs? I'm just wondering. They said there's a a colossal rise in injection drug usage. And they estimate that in the last decade it's gone up. I mean, they said that in 2018 it went from 4 million. Now it's fivefold. Wow. That's pretty sad. Five babies, apparently, according to Daily Caller, after botched abortions, the infants were left alive. This is one of the reasons why Illinois tried to pass the Born Alive Infant Protection Act that Obama, when he was a senator, refused to support. And that said five separate incidences, abortion procedures that failed to... Uh, abort the infant in utero that children were apparently found they were born alive and they were left to die in minnesota in 2021 according to a state health report now out they said that there was one infant with an unspecified fetal abnormality that was left to die without medical care there were no attempts to save lives they said two were pre-viable and they said that normally they would have to be given comfort care measures but they said there were no apparently this wasn't at all done at all whatsoever Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And Twitter says that Elon Musk disparaged it by using a poop emoji. I mean, Twitter just disparages itself, I think. Ari Fleischer joins us next. Stay with us.
2: Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show.
1: Welcome back to the program. Your lovable neighborhood curmudgeon here with you. And I was reading about this survey and I'm pulling it up. It's from Axios, which discussed the new all time low because it seems to change annually. The new all time low in trust that the American public has in our press. And it's no wonder. I mean, we were just talking about, for instance, the story of the 10 year old in Ohio and how. Still, because of bad reporting that initially began with the Indianapolis Star, we still have a million questions more so than we had when this was first reported, and this is because you have you have seemingly activists doing the job of journalists, and that's not really information distribution. Uh, there is, I think, no better expert on this than Ari Fleischer, whose new book, Suppression, Deception, <laughs> Snobbery, which is totally that, and Bias: Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and just doesn't care and he joins me now you can watch the simulcast of the radio show and him on skype ari congratulations on the book so good to see you
0: Thank you, Dana. Great to have. Great to be with you.
1: Of course. You I mean, you wrangled the press uh, for a number of years. You wrangled them at working with the the Bush administration. I watched numerous press conferences where you walked up to the podium and you had the very unenviable task of dealing with all the questions from people who liked you up until the time that you started doing the job that you did. And then it was just all arrows. There is I I love the snobbery aspect of this title and you kind of nailed this on the head because you you also shared a story about how I think this came out of uh, Barrett sports media where there was a poll that said the only group of Americans who think that the media understands them are college-educated Democrats. This, as we're getting right as we see new reporting surveys coming out showing that it's white college-educated people that are really going towards Democrats, where it's more diverse, working-class voters going towards Republicans. Talk to me a little bit about this and how this plays into what the media chooses to report and how.
0: Yeah, Dana, the the press has driven itself into a cul-de-sac, and now it's just going around and around in circles talking to themselves. What's happened to the media is this poll shows the only group of Americans who say that the press understands them are college-educated Democrats. If you're a Democrat with a high school degree, the press doesn't understand you. If you're an independent voter with a high school or college degree, the press doesn't understand you. And for all Republicans, the press doesn't understand you. If you grew up hunting, if your grandfather took you to hunt and taught you to hunt, the press doesn't understand you. If you pray every day or go to church regularly, they don't understand you. It's a cultural issue, and that's what my book gets at. We are so beyond the old liberal bias of the press, it's now become a cultural way of thinking, a, or a small slice of America who now only know how to tell stories and talk to another small slice of America.
1: Yeah, and, and their, the reporting is become, I mean, it's it's just two different worlds. Talking with Ari Fleischer, if you look like, for instance, at what memorandum, categorizes as the top stories it's all j6 and everything else if you look at actually what's trending against the algorithms even more organically on social media it's about inflation and jobs and energy and gas all of the stuff that continually rank in the top 10 of voter concerns so no wonder nobody's there's stories out talking about how nobody's watching the news anymore newspaper distributions are down they're not even getting views online so, what is to become of the press? Because it's they're killing their own industry. Well, the reason
0: I wrote the book because I really do I, I do care about the press. It's important to our democracy yeah. that we have a place where we can all go and say, "Here's what happened today." And I'll tell you what I think about it, but here are the facts. Here's what took place. We need to get back to that, and the way to get back to that is journalism schools and newsrooms need to really recruit people who think differently. They have to stop being this one group, Group groupthink, tweetthink, think-alike, look-alike, act-alike group of people. And that means conservatives need to get into journalism. It means newsrooms have to be wide open and welcoming to conservatives. But remember when Ben Shapiro wrote a guest column for Politico? There was a meltdown at Politico. The reporters there thought that Ben Shapiro committed violence because his name appeared on the political column. This is the problem with the new generation of younger social activists, uh, social warriors Mm -hmm. going into newsrooms thinking that the Mm -hmm. press, media needs to be subject instead of objective. They're not the enemy of the people, Dana, but they are their own worst enemy.
1: Yeah, they are. And I I love that you mentioned, too, that conservatives need to get into journalism. And I really feel like a lot of them just don't. They kind of disregard it. Um, And they don't see because I I agree with you. I think the press is a sacred part of our republic, which is why I get so upset over it. And we saw this. I mean, just with the lockdown and the pandemic, how important it is for Americans to be able to believe what's being reported because they didn't. And I think that just contributed to the, the divisiveness overall.
0: But the press is a big part of why we're polarized. I've come to the conclusion that the mainstream media is a big problem in America because they get so much wrong and they put it on the air and then they suppress so much that helps the democrats and hurts the republicans you know my my favorite story in the book and it's about deception was the saturday after the election when joe biden was declared the winner church bells went off in paris fireworks went off in london nbc abc and cnn reported to their viewers that it was an international celebration of donald trump's defeat dana It was the weekly call to mass in Paris. The church bells ring every Saturday evening. In London, it was a 500-year-old British holiday called Guy Fawkes Day, bonfire night. It had nothing to do with America. Yet these clowns in newsrooms who are surrounded by other people who think the same way they do, how could anybody be for Donald Trump? Told the American people this was an international celebration of Trump's defeat. They're so biased and so similar-minded that they cannot get the news straight. And that's for the deception that I blow the whistle on.
1: Yeah. And in and, and Ari Fleischer's book, and you see him on Fox News as a contributor, and he, of course, he works in strategy and communications. You get into everything from, obviously, that famous the Russian collusion story, the Steele dossier. That's another thing that really blows my mind that there's not a lot of questions about. Because we learned that here you have an entity that really, I I mean, for all the discussion about the Foreign Agents Registration Act, they didn't register if people wanted to have that argument about them. Um, the, The Fusion GPS, who... They take this this stuff that the FBI wouldn't even verify. They peddle it out to journalists as free content. The journalists write stories about it. Then those stories are taken to the a FISA court to say this is why we need to have a, you know these these surveillance on Carter Page and other people. It really galls me to see that oh with the press that I you know I I really want to be able to trust that nobody said stop. This is actually a story that you're doing this and we're going to blow the whistle on it. Nobody wrote that story. That would have been a huge story.
0: Is why and I get to this length in my book because if it's anti-Trump, it gets a bump. That's how it works. You know, in local news, I used to say, if it bleeds, it leaves mm-hmm. in the top years. If you had anything on Trump and you were an anonymous source and you called it dirt, CNN would put it on the air. And this is why CNN led the league in the number of stories they actually had to retract. But the whole collusion narrative, the whole steel dossier, this is actually what inspired me to write. You know, I was watching it all unfold, and I've called the balls and strikes on President Trump. I agree with him on policy. I disagree with him on his behavior and some of his tweets, and I say it on the air live. But when I watched how brutally unfair and biased the press coverage was toward him, I just thought, I'm going to write a book about this because it's not right. It's not good for the country. It's not good for honesty. It's not good for people to be able to say, can I trust the media? They were wrong on collusion. They were wrong on the Steele dossier. They were wrong on Trump removing blue mailboxes from street corners so he could steal the 2020 election. You remember that evening, fresh was nonsense. So so many times they just aired it if it could make Trump look bad. And Dana, it won't stop with Trump. They're going to do it to Ron DeSantis or Christy Noem or Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton. You name it, whoever our nominee is in 2024, even if it's Donald Trump, of course, they'll continue it.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why we have to hold media to account. And that's why I wrote the book.
1: Yeah. And you, you were talking to Ari Fleischer. You, you mentioned CNN as well. And I know we both did some stuff with CNN. They is replacing Zucker with somebody, I guess, who's been described in the press as being more moderate, wanting to attract more moderate views to CNN. I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a move in the right direction. I, I think it still needs to be proven, but it seems like they're going to have to establish a long record of, of fair representation of views, actual diverse thought on airwaves before the audience comes back and, and you know everything else follows.
0: You're 100% right. And as you point out, 10 years ago, you and I were both CNN contributors in the 2012 election cycle, and it was a very different CNN back then. Yeah, It was liberal. We knew the questions were liberal, But at least they tried. They said their job was to be objective. They threw that that out the window under Jeff Zucker, the previous CNN president. And then with the Trump presidency, they lost their minds and let their opinions rip on the air. I'm fascinated by this now to see if CNN can tack back toward being objective and neutral. I hope the executives there push the network in that direction, be good for the country. Um, But, boy, those anchors and those daytime reporters, they're going to have to give up what they enjoyed so much, which was being part of the resistance. John Harwood, Jim Acosta, these are daytime reporters at CNN, White House correspondents were are in the tank, totally biased. Uh, John Harwood wrote a love note, that Joe Biden, on Biden's way into office. He was brutal to Republicans. He sounded like a spokesman for the Democrat National Committee, not as a neutral reporter. And I show this in the book. So I hope they can return to neutrality. They have a long walk to get there.
1: Yeah. Talking with Ari Fleischer. Last question for you, Ari. You've noted this as well. I see the press trying to shape a new narrative. This I see them trying to bait a fight between Trump and DeSantis and Trump. Everyone's trying to figure out if he's going to run in 2024. You made an interesting point that if he decides to do so, he should announce it on January 6th of 2023 because that day's going to be all about him anyway. And then that would kind of rob their thunder. I thought that was a very interesting thing. I mean, it, he, if he does it, that's when he should do it. I agree.
0: Well, I don't know if he will run. I mean, he's making all the noises saying he will. I hope he does not declare before the November election. You you know, Mm. when everything is going the way it is, you just don't want a curveball thrown in at the last minute like that and make the election about President Trump as opposed to about Joe Biden. Uh, So that pushes it beyond the election. And what would be the right day? I'm just saying if I were Donald Trump, if I were him, I would make it January 6th because he can seize the day and reframe the day uh, and everybody knows they're going to come after him on that day anyway. So I think it'd be very Trumpian Yeah, for him to.
1: It would be, for sure. Ari Fleischer, the book of Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. Fantastic book out now. Ari, thank you so much for what you do and uh, for writing this book as well. It's good to see you. Thanks, my thank friend. Thank you,
0: Danny. Thank you
1: for having me. Of course. Take care.
2: The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50. A new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech.
3: It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man.
1: Flager County, Florida. Here's the headline. I run the county. Florida Commissioner tells Trooper after he was caught speeding in his Ferrari. Ooh. So video from Florida Highway Patrol shows Flagler County Commissioner Chairman Joe Mullins being pulled over for speeding in his red Ferrari. A trooper stopped him on Interstate 95. Patrol dash video captured the whole exchange. He says, hey look, so 92 miles per hour is 22 over the speed limit. Okay, the trooper explains. Normally I give warnings and I give breaks, but it looks like you've been given a warning already, so I do issue the citation and with that said, it's going to be payable within 30 days. So this happened in June and all of this is now coming out. So as the trooper explains that Mullins cut him off he goes I run the county so I know how that works and the trooper goes you run the county and Mullins goes yeah I'm chairman of the county commission and like the trooper continues explaining the citation because apparently if you knew it then why would you do it ooh there you go well if you knew it Joe then why would you do it Joe so he got written up anyway that didn't work dude that did not work it didn't work (sighs) Alright, so, I'm just, I'm, man, be careful the ladies that you meet in a bar, okay? That's all I'm going to be saying. Fort Lauderdale police say a woman possibly drugged a man she met at a bar and then stole his Rolex and other items. Uh, the preliminary investigation, now wait, wait, I'm sorry. He's, what's the latest iPhone, 13? 13? How are you wearing a Rolex and you got an iPhone 12? Sorry, I just got to point out like some obvious priorities here. Okay, like I just hold up. You're going to be walking around with a roll. You deserve to get robbed. I'm just I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyway, so Fort Lauderdale, they're investigating this guy or this case. This guy had he stole two of his designer watches, his iPhone 12 Pro, his wallet and a thousand dollar cash while he was inside his house. Well, she was inside his house. Uh, the the total loss was about fifty two thousand dollars, and it shows them walking back. He takes this woman. Uh, they meet. This is what happens when you are skeezy. If you meet some broad in a bar and she gives you a roofie and then takes you back to your house and robs you blind, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, doing a hookup with one a broad that you just meet in a bar. You know what I'm saying? There are consequences to being a a, a whore. There are, man or woman. Don't be doing that stuff and you won't get robbed. It's like not difficult. Golly, like I'm not trying to shame the guy for getting robbed, but don't be a whore, a male whore. Don't. Okay. Um, a Florida man named Demon said. <laughs> he set fire to a police station and a cruiser in Tampa. A homeless man who said his name was Demon Okay was captured on security video Pouring out what they thought what they said is gasoline On two different vehicles and then he tried Unsuccessfully to light them on fire They kind of lit on fire but not I don't know why Uh, This is in Escambia County he was arrested and charged with Aggravated assault on a law enforcement Officer his name literally Is Demon Blackman Demon Blackman Who is your mother where You have this child I mean Elizabeth Warren I don't know all right, we got a lot more underway. We have a third hour coming up, and Kane and I are debating on pork skins. Stick with us.
3: Uh, we're, we're for cutting the cost of electric vehicles because when you have an electric vehicle, then you're also going to be able to, to save on gas, but you've got to be able to afford it in the first place. Right. right. Now, we're actually starting to see on some models the, the costs come to where even if the, the, your car payment's a little higher, your gas payment will be a little lower and you come out ahead, but the prices still need to come down mm-hmm. for most Americans to be able to get in an EV.
1: Duh. He's only saying that now because everybody made fun of him. That is Secretary Mayor Poot Booty Judge who... What? What What is you, your deal over there? You got Hold the on. Friday giggles?
3: Who was, who was that
1: just talking? His name, sir, is Secretary Mayor. Mom maybe? New mom? Uh, Poot Booty Judge. Got it. Don't look first off, welcome back to our illustrious program, The Dana Show. I am Dana, and Kane is, we're a little goofy goofy right now because it's Friday, and Kane just, he takes issue with my Shakespearean pronunciation of the Transportation Secretary's name, sir.
3: That's true. That
1: is how the illustrious uh, stage performer Lawrence O'Donnell over at MSNBC DC says his name. These are Hashtag facts. That's what these are. So that Secretary Mayor New Mom, uh, Poot Booty Judge, and he says his name like that, Sir O'Donnell. So just, you know, FYI, that's how his name is said. My whole point in playing that is because this is the first time, A, that he's talked about anything to do with transportation that we've heard in a long time. And B, he was so made fun of for telling everyone go out and get yourself an ev you can't afford gas prices but i'm sure you can afford to spend fifty six thousand dollars on average for an ev he is everything the only reason he's in that position is because i think biden wanted to neutralize him that's what these people do they put you in these just annoying positions to neutralize you so that they can have the influence over the over the party that's what they did to hillary they sidelined her That's what they did. That's how they always do. Except, I just think that if you're going to be... First off, I don't even think that we need a transportation department. It's out of the enumerated powers. It's not an Article 1, Section 8 thing. It should be state-controlled. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, if you're going to have a transportation department, maybe, I don't know, just a thought, have someone there who knows more about transportation than the wheels on the bus go round and round. Seems like, you know... He's, does, he is so out, of his, so out of his depth. Man, he really is. Now, who else is out of their depth? This is when I really wish, a quick sidebar, give you a little insight into the show. So I got a new tool that I'm going to recklessly abuse when I get more things in it. It's like a little sound. It's a new little soundboard for me. <laughs> for me? And Steve was supposed to give me a magic sound, and he lied, and he never made it happen. He totally Bidened us on this i didn't have it that I was Shane that had it i didn't have, i was playing. no 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 you played it you said you had it and no, they no. did not hand it over i wasn't playing you that on break pork rind loving people
3: throw me under the bus i'm What's just saying
1: just pff, we're gonna have we're gonna have fisticuffs after we're we're gonna slap fight in the front yard That's what we're gonna do in which state but <laughs> <laughs> so i i saw that i gotta i gotta share this this tweet with you someone totally tweeted this because it for him because it came out an hour ago and we know that he's just trying to stay upright on the car on the while on the ground in Jeddah so he tweets this quote the price of oil is down about 20% since mid June but the price of gas has so far only fallen half as much oil and gas companies must not use this moment as an excuse for profiting by not passing along savings at the pump, so in his mind, in Joe Biden's mind, what's left of it, the oil people are big bad villains from like old westerns, and they have their long mustaches, and they sit, and they all laugh at their big oil table, and we're not going to pass the savings along to the little people. We're going to keep them all for ourselves. Which makes no sense at all. But that's what's happening in his mind. Big oil and big gas. And he thinks that they're all just sitting around. We're not going to give people no gas. We're going to make the prices go up. (laughs) They pull on their mustache. And in the meantime, I really, really need... I wish that he understood the process of crude into gas. I mean, how dare oil not magically turn into gas? jack how dare it when when i'm president sir you are president well soon i'm gonna make it to where it does automatically we're gonna bypass big oil and gas and we're gonna make the oil turn into gas and you can have some (laughs) it's like where we are (laughs) oh man I feel like the word of the day should be refineries. Yeah. Hey, who was it that hated refineries? Oh, every Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was it that that wanted to not invest in expanding them and having more? Every Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they they did not want to have more refineries. In fact, they wanted fewer, and they slapped restrictions on existing. Who was that? Every Democrat. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I just wanted to make just wanted to make sure. Oh man, I just. But that's what he thinks happens. Oh, my gosh, I would love to hear the conversation that they're having right now while they meet. Because he's sitting in a meeting right now, I don't know if you know this, with the guy he said he wasn't going to sit in a meeting with. And I have to tell you, so watching the reporters on this, so they're not taking questions. He's literally sitting at a big table with gold legs. Why does I mean I get that there's palace stuff, but sometimes it really goes far over and beyond, right? Sidebar. One of the things I've noticed, like if you always look at these like old Eastern block countries, they always have like everything's supposed to look like a it's like a palace. No, we're not poor, not people aren't in bread lines. Look at the gold we have in all palaces. I mean, that's kind of like So but Saudi Arabia, they got that oil money. Anyway, so they're sitting there at this big giant table and all of these, you know, modern office chairs. They're sitting there. And Biden's doing that, even though he said that he wanted to make them a pariah, but never, never mind. And one of the reporters, this is Peter Alexander is the is the White House news chief at NBC and chief White House correspondent. Sorry. And he had tweeted out one hour ago, quote. Jamal Khashoggi, will you apologize to his family? I shouted to Saudi crowned Prince Mohammed bin Salman at the end of the press pool spray. MBS had a slight smirk before a Saudi aide grabbed my arm tightly. And? I mean, they're literally a, like a, an old, like, theocratic, medieval thing. And you're shocked that they didn't say Sorry. I mean, they're literally accused of also funding violent insurgents and being involved in funding some of the people who were masterminding 9-11. And you're shocked that they didn't say sorry. Mirror. Just golly, people, come on. But apparently they've been I've seen some of these tweets there. They're trying to uh, they were I guess they were going to ask questions or trying to ask questions and nobody asked them. Didn't we have some audio? Wait a minute. We, I think I've dropped this in Slack at some point, unlike Steve with the magic uh, audio. I think I, <laughs> huh? uh, yeah, when they asked him, Joe Biden, are you, gonna, are you still going to make them a pariah? Listen to this. Guys,
4: President Biden, is Saudi Arabia still a pariah? Thank you. President Biden. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. thank you. And that's
1: it. Interesting. How embarrassing is that? We're going to beat you with your own words. My goodness. I just. Telling you, man alive. I don't know. So that's so they've ended that. They've ended that public meeting. I'm sure they're going to have some quieter, some quieter talks. But so far, he's not looking like he's negotiating from any kind of uh, position of strength. Dog names are racist. What? According to scholars. Today in Woke, now, quick sidebar. I watched that Bill Burr special. You'll have to watch it. One of the funniest jokes I've ever heard was him explaining the word woke. And he said that it was at a party where he goes, I blame the black people at a party. That's what he was saying. He goes, somebody used the word woke and he was talking about where language originates and where certain catchwords and trend phrases originate. And he goes, and some, he goes, some like white woke, white liberal heard it and said, I'm going to say that. I want to say that. What's that? <laughs> it was, I, I never laughed so hard. Uh, academics recently applauded a social psychology quarter study showing a disparity in the time dogs were adopted based on racial, racial associations with the animal's names. So apparently, they say white names resulted in shorter adoption times compared to black names. Jeez. Um. What? Hmm. What? Yeah.
3: I don't get. Do they give examples at all in the uh, in the story?
1: They say shelter. They they apparently did not keep those type of records. Kane. Oh, that hmm. seems
3: important to the whole. Seems
1: kind of important.
3: Crux of the thing.
1: Like I'm. Here, let me pull this up, which I don't want to do because I just don't want to read it. They say that uh, if they have racial, how is the what? I don't understand whatever
3: like dogs named what like Tyrone they don't, don't get adopted but dogs named I thought
1: like, that you had to name Steve? dogs names that had hard consonants because dogs can hear that better and it's better for training right. that's what I was always I'm told the
0: white name okay <laughs> right <laughs> so dog
3: names they
1: act like people are going into the shelters and going show me all the dogs with the white names like what does that even mean I don't even know So, yeah, there's like uh, they said the they say the construction of certain dogs like Rottweilers, Dobermans and Pitbulls are apparently connected to American ideologies of race, gender and class. Where do they get this stuff from? Like what happens if you grow up in the Ozarks, say, and the only people that you knew that had big, bad dogs that they didn't take care of because the big, bad dog breed by itself is not a violent breed. It's the way that the owners are and how it's trained and or lack of training or raising. And, you know, they you associate that with like white poverty and meth like you know gonna talk to any of them people just saying because apparently the study assumes that only minorities own rottweilers and pitts and dobermans and the extent of their study well we did watch a snoop dogg video i mean that's what i'm assuming anyway i'm speculating like they are this is stupid and i can't believe that they took the time to do this they said hypothesis one Dogs with white-sounding names have shorter times to adoption compared to dogs with names that are not perceived as white. Dogs with black and Hispanic-sounding names have, now have longer times to adoption compared to, with, to dogs with names that are not perceived as black or Hispanic. And I like how now they're adding the Hispanic thing in there. Do they because know, it's do they Hispanic know that they unless can, it's white adjacent. Do
0: they know what? they can change the name after they <laughs> adopt the dog? They do know that, right?
1: Uh, I am looking for that very important information, Steve, in your query. And so far, I am not finding anything to your point in this very prestigious academic woke study, sir. I am not finding that. Because the dog, I mean, apparently it's easier to chop off your Jimmy and change your sex than it is to change your dog's name. Kane just same. I just
3: I don't I don't understand the whole concept of this at all like what are they trying to accomplish like what outside of you know just intentional divisiveness they're trying
1: to shame people from even helping dogs apparently I
3: guess but Jeez. there's literally no that makes zero sense there's no common sense in this
1: yeah I don't I don't I don't get this oh and then I had another one now in a an Arizona college they say that Northern Arizona University is going to require Four diversity courses to graduate So parents make sure To not send your kids To Northern Arizona University because they're going to Make you take Marxism Make your kids take Marxism it's critical theory Courses it takes effect in 2024 and it comes from Global diversity intersectional Identities blah 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 blah. I'm not even going to name all of them because I don't care This is so They actually are going to pay people to make you Take this BS
3: and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So, <clears throat> crypto mining capacity in the U.S. rivals energy use Use of Houston findings show. Some congressional investigation says the surge in activity has caused consumers' electric bills to rise and made it harder to fight global warming. I roll completed. Also, this is interesting... I saw this headline just a second ago. States that did not allow to-go alcohol at all saw their alcohol-impaired driving fatalities rise an average of 53%, almost 54%, from 2019 to 2020. States that allowed at least some form of to-go alcohol actually only saw an increase of 12%, which is, that's kind of, that's wild. I mean, I guess... It makes some kind of sense. You know, people are not, you know, they're not drinking there and then driving home. They would be drinking at home. Texas allows that kind of stuff. We have a lot more in store, including some more Wokery, the latest with Saudi Arabia, etc. Stay with us.
2: Politics, pop culture and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's The Dana Show. How long is this going to last? How, how long is this onslaught going to last? His as onslaught. As long is it's going to means...
4: take, when we're there, till, it takes whatever t- time it takes. We cannot let him prevail. It can take months, it can take years. It could. Mm-hmm. You think the war could take years to 10? No, you said that. Yeah, You said okay. it could, okay?
1: It could. No, he, he... <laughs> Hmm, oh boy. He sounds so, so just um, well,
2: I don't know. I don't the erection.
1: Anyway. <laughs> so let's I got a, I got a few things to hit here this Friday. I want to start with this Texas story. This comes from WFAA. They said that the 2022 version of CNBC's annual top states for business. Now, just full, full stop. If you're telling me about a measure of top states for business, I am, silly me, and assuming that you're actually going to be talking about, um, checks notes, top states for business. 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 That's what I'm thinking. So they said that new study rates Texas as second worst state to live in the country. Fifth best for business. Wait, what? They said that the team behind the study and this is CNBC these these states are the 10 worst ones to live in these states they're trying to shame Texas for not being like New York they said Nevada is horrible they said Tennessee is horrible Indiana is horrible New Mexico is horrible Louisiana's horrible. Missouri's horrible. South Carolina at number four is horrible. Oklahoma, horrible. Texas, horrible. Arizona's the worst state ever in the world to live in. That's what they're saying. This is their story. <laughs> they, they go, they write that the team behind the study graded Texas as an F in the life, health, and inclusion category. Wait, I thought this was about best state for business. But inclusion, though, what the hell does inclusion mean? The very fact that people are moving to Texas, what does that even mean? It means apparently there's no problem with inclusion. You know how the left defines inclusion? We want to pretend that uh, people with balls are women. And if you don't believe that, then you are not Inclusive. That has nothing to do with inclusivity. I really don't care what you believe. You can believe that people, by people I mean men, are women. And I don't have to agree with you. I think that you are not inclusive because you don't tolerate people who disagree with the fact that someone that has a franken beans is not a woman. Thank you very much, sir. But that's how... They can't say that all and by the way all these states are great for business. Tennessee has no state income tax. Neither does Florida nor Texas. We don't have one here in Texas either. And I'm looking at like why are they like for instance Oklahoma. This is literally what they write. I cannot even believe this is an actual sentence from CNBC, okay? Ready. OKlahomans are not big on taking care of themselves according to a United Health Foundation data. They show that they're amongst the least likely to exercise or even eat fruits and vegetables. What? I thought that their dislike of Texas would be because it's hot. Like it is. Oh, it's only 95 degrees today. It's real cool today. It's cooled down a lot today. We had a great cool temperature of 90 degrees yesterday. I mean, that was like fall. They say, this is what they write about Texas. Skilled workers are flocking to Texas despite long-standing quality of life issues. They say that, according to census data, the state ranks number three for net migration of college-educated workers behind Florida and Washington. But... When they arrive, they're finding limited childcare, a stressed health care system with the highest rate of uninsured new curbs on voting rights and few protections against discrimination. Yeah. Someone who wrote this has never been to Texas. We moved here tw- in 2013 and it's been awesome. However, I am completely fine with running with this narrative to prevent progressives from coming here yeah. and voting. Oh, it's bad. No protections for just, oh, none for, oh, the voting rights. I am physically prevented as a woman from leaving my home to vote. Don't move here. (laughs) Totally fine with us. I will run with that if it means that fewer progressives move here to vote. I'm totally fine with that.
3: I know. God forbid Texas be against dead people voting.
1: How dare you? You are disenfranchising dead people. Well, this dead guy voted. How dare you assume his gender? You just said his gender, and he's dead. Why is he voting? (laughs) Why? How dare you have to show an identification to cast your vote? Granted, you have to show it to buy cigarettes and Sudafed and alcohol and even rent a car or get a hotel room, but damn it! How dare you? We're Democrats. We assume that minorities can't figure out identification. That's apparently what they do. Yeah. Arizona, it's hot. Also hot. They say that Arizona has some of the worst air quality in the nation. And that they don't like their health system or something. I don't know. But mainly their complaint was it's hot. What does it have to do with your business? Like you're, I. Why do you have to sit here and admit, well, yeah, it may be the fifth and the best for business, but... Also, they're not communists, so they're horrible to live in that. Why do you have to, like, take that win away? Because it's a win. They can't acknowledge it, right? They can't acknowledge it. Yeah, as Cain knows, like in Arizona, what if you got an air conditioning business? Man, business is booming in Arizona. Sidebar, you want to know what I found out? First time I went to Michigan, I was up at the top of the mitten, like, north of Traverse City. There's, like, a place there.
3: Are you talking about Upper Peninsula?
1: Yeah, there was like a...
3: UP is what they call
1: it? I don't know. All I know is Traverse City, sidebar to sidebar. When I was in Traverse City, stopped in one of the most magical places I've ever been to, a taxidermy ice cream shop. What? So while you get amazing ice cream, you could look at all the beautiful taxidermy.
3: Oh, Okay.
1: I watched a. I saw a, a taxidermied raccoon in a carved-out log that he was using as a boat, holding a paddle. I'm not kidding. While well, you yet.
3: were enjoying vanilla bean.
1: Dude, I totally did. I had vanilla in a cone, soft serve vanilla in a cone. It was amazing. Anyway, long story short, I like those types of places. It was great. I'd go back there again. I wish I knew the name of it. They were right across from the lake, literally, legit across the street from the yeah, lake. Yeah,
3: I, I was. I stayed there for a few days. We did a for a radio station I used to work for in Michigan. Um, we went up to Traverse City for a murder mystery dinner thing
1: interesting did you go north up towards the index finger of the mitten yes i've been up because there there's as a well. place up there i can't remember what it is it's like a vacation area everybody goes up there yeah the
3: upper peninsula. nobody has air conditioning no not in that part
1: but i know but it was wild
3: i was in lake superior in july and it was still 43 degrees the, i see the I am, uh, water temperature
1: i am so much of a Born in Missouri and live in Texas now Person Even if I lived in the Arctic I still just, you know Need an AC Just to have it You know what I mean? Like I'd rather have it and not need it I'm so traumatized from the humidity And the sweltering heat It's a dry heat, Texas tells you as you fry But I love it though There's something about it It's a beautiful, beautiful state Anyway, I just think that this I'm, But I am okay, Kane I think we need to work really, really hard and, in fact, I think that that really should be a Republican ad. Don't come to Texas. I mean, how you know, we don't have feces and needles on our streets. We don't have high-income taxes and an out-of-control crime rate. I mean, we get that these are attractions for beautiful states like like California, where you have to navigate through a complex labyrinth of homeless people on crack. Or in Chicago, where the moment you get out of O'Hare, you're shot. I mean... <laughs> Why would you want to leave that beauty behind and move to a state that you know has actually you have space and no ta- no income taxes and low crime and good good environment for business? Stay away, progressives. Stay away. I'm off. I'll lie to them. I don't care. I will pretend to be aggrieved and su- oppressed and suppressed just so I can keep people away. Don't come here to Texas. You won't like it. It is all bad. <laughs> don't We really need to, really need to harp on that. Okay, so one last quick thing. So, Stranger Things. I read an interview by Noah Schnapp, who's a 17 year old in Variety. I mean, he's 17. I just think "Mm, maybe there's certain things that should be off limits to 17 year olds. Like, let them just, you know, be them. I don't know. But everyone's like, is Will gay? And so he says, yes, Will's gay and he loves Mike. And I just, I'm like reading this interview. And it sounded to me like they were trying to pr- project with this character how some kids, and I think every teen does, goes through an awkward period. And especially when you move and you were like possessed by a mind flare, <laughs> as this character was, then, you know, maybe it's a little hard for you to, to adjust. But why do you have to make that synonymous with just with like being gay? I mean, everybody goes through. A weird it was just it just I don't know I felt like it was forced yeah. it doesn't seem natural and then I just I'm out of the suspension of disbelief why does everything have to be like forced like what we do in the shadows the new season of that and that's uh Taiki Watiti's new uh it's based on the movie that they did which was a UK release and it's a it's a television series and this is like the third season I think and that's like really kind of over the top, more so than it was in the initial seasons. So the words like a distraction and boring. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally bored with this now. So I don't I don't know. I just people need to stop defecating in the sphere of entertainment with using sexuality and gender as plot devices when you don't need to. It's a crutch anymore. Stop it.
2: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: And you can sign up for the newsletter over at Substack Chapter and Verse as well. And the goodness, goodness, goodness. There, it's interesting because Gavin Newsom was asked if he thought George Gascon was doing a good job. He's the guy they're going to recall because he's horrible with crime, all that stuff. And apparently, Gavin Newsom said, I don't know enough about the job he's done. I'm deeply concerned about the criticism. He's the governor of California. Exactly. Apparently, he's been paying too much attention to making com- to Ron DeSantis and making commercials in Florida. That's what it sounds like. Good grief. Just, um, yeah, not, not good. So we'll see what, uh, nothing's going to come up of his trip to Saudi Arabia. We're not going it's, to, it's, it's just goodness. Uh, as we roll into late summer, as we hurtle towards midterms. All right, so fun story to end the end the week on. Did you guys know that apparently there is a tiny village where Norwegian bodybuilders live to make themselves look bigger? It's almost like Attack on Titan. They, it's a literal thing. It's at. It's a New York Post has this story. It's kind of an. It's an older story, but they have it. I'm just now today years old finding out about this. It's it's the. Town is a tiny tourist dec- destination two hours outside of Oslo. It's called Lilliputhammer <sighs> It features everything mini: houses, shops, even a small mini amusement park. And it's funny because they the guys go like they are these Norwegians and they say things like, "Oh, this tiny cup of coffee is lovely. It even makes my calves look big." And they they were talking about how they reached a point where they plateaued; they couldn't get any bigger. And so they stroll through the giant and the the town, looking like giants, and they take pictures of them. It's hysterical. It is absolutely hysterical. It's a little tiny. It's like Hans and Franz from SNL. I notes. It is. Oh, look! It makes my calves look so much bigger. It's so funny. But anyway, yeah, little tiny, little tiny town, little tiny town, and they 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 like to they like to stay there so they can look even bigger on in photos. I play the video, but I don't. I don't speak their language. I don't speak Norwegian and it's all subtitled. So it doesn't make, it sounds better if I try to do it myself like Hans and Franz. So anyway, there you go. No, I will have that. Uh, and let's see one other. Oh, I got a couple excellent. Close this thing out. One other thing that we have, we're still watching that. Like I said, that Middle Eastern, the Middle Eastern trip, there's so many gaffes. I think we're going to have a lot more to recount coming up on, uh, on Monday. If you need viewing over the weekend, the old man, which is streaming? I believe is at Hulu or Netflix? That's a good, question, right? good series. Uh, Bill Burr's latest at Red Rocks. Not safe for work, but it's hysterical. You can watch that over the weekend as well. I have a million anime suggestions. With ha- which half of you are going to fall asleep mm-hmm. if I start talking about? So I will refrain. So there's some. You got some good things to watch over the weekend, right? And then we're going to recap. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter because we'll we'll have, if there's anything breaking or anything, if they decide, Fopec decides to give away some crude, or if Joe Biden finds a way to magically make it to where uh, oil, crude, just turns into gas. Because the big oil people are making it to where the the oil won't do that, Kane, and that's the problem. We have to have the big oil and gas stop disallowing crude from just magically turning into gas. That's, I mean, what he's... Where is my audio for that? By the way, y'all teasing? Put it in the thing so I can put it in my new soundboard that I can completely just abuse nonstop like that. Yeah. Or or don't forget this, gem I finna
2: Get drunk and I finna yeet myself <laughs> off a building. <laughs>
1: there you go, right there. I want to be able to. We're going to abuse this grotesquely coming up. All right, Kane. Today's stupidity.
3: Okay, as you know, the percentage of U.S. energy derived from fossil fuels is around eighty percent. Over ninety percent of cars on the road, mm-hmm. including the uh, you know electric ones, they overwhelmingly use fossil fuel to generate electricity to charge them up. So, knowing all of that, a former former Obama energy official, he ended up saying this.
1: No, the number one change between that conversation and now. Is the war in Ukraine that is what changed the entire discussion we have to end the use of fossil fuel in the United States and around the world if we're gonna address climate change that is just a fact if you believe the science
3: the science
1: science
3: yeah it's not gonna happen overnight or like magic it's
1: yeah it's not gonna happen not gonna, so that's see. Stupid. there's my magic thing could have played see because you guys don't share cuz oh. I'll remember that I'm gonna remember that it's okay i remember. Pepperidge Farm always Remembers all right Folks that does it for Us this week (laughs) make sure You sign up over at Substack chapter and Verse the link is in All my social media Profiles as well and you Can check out the YouTube channel Official Dana lash on Facebook as well to get All of our past Discussions with guests Have a great week back With you all Monday